0: Welcome to Release the Adventure, where we're all about going outside, experiencing, and seeing what we get in trouble for. But today, because of the current situation in our lives, the coronavirus, um, we are stuck inside. And I'm Brad, and that's Sean. And I'm Sean. Oh, we're both saying Sean. Either (laughs) way. And we're just here to talk about one of our favorite hobbies, mountain biking.
1: Heck yeah, man. So
0: what we really want to talk about in the next hour is what it is for those that are like mountain biking. What is mountain biking? What type of mountain biking? You may not even know that that's a question to ask of what kind of mountain biking, what types there are. Because there's a lot more than just going up the hill and down the hill. Which you know, it all depends on everyone's personal preference.
1: Yeah, definitely. Uh, it's, there's a lot to get out of mountain biking. And I would say there's also a lot of misconceptions around mountain biking. Um, there's, there's a lot of culture in the scene and, uh, there's different styles of mountain biking and along with those different styles, you need the right tool for the right job. So, um, it's important so that you're prepared. It's, uh, it's a big thing to be jumping into this sport. It's it's so worthwhile, but it can be quite the undertaking as a beginner not knowing anything. So we just kind of want to guide you on that adventure and that that process of being able to get into mountain biking for the first time and um, why, why you should do it. Why not go out and ride your bike? Why not go out and ride a mountain bike?
0: For sure, Sean. And it really breaks down into, in my personal opinion, of what kind of riding you want to do? Are you more of the go for a long time? Or are you more the I want to be in a lot of pain while I go uphill. But I get (laughs) all the joy when I'm going downhill? Yep. Or are you the type of person who just wants to go to like a terrain park that brings you up a lift and you go down some fun stuff? or something with smaller jumps or something that's more of like a rinse and repeat type of uh, bike park.
1: Right. So all, all kinds of things to consider. And for, um, someone that's on the fence or is just beginning, uh, there's, there's, there's a lot of depth to it. Um, so first off, um, I was kind of wanting to talk about why you should go mountain biking and, uh, the obvious thing is it's really, really healthy exercise. Um, Absolutely. It's one of the best cardiovascular exercises you could possibly do for yourself, much more than just running on the treadmill at, at the gym, uh, running on the, your local streets or whatever it may be. Um, the mountains are going to push you to a really huge limit, and uh, it's it's really going to test your aerobics. For sure, when you're trying to get up that mountain and you're telling
0: yourself this isn't happening, but then before you know it, you're at the top and then you get that sweet, sweet downhill. Right. If if you can't already hear it
1: from my voice, I'm all about that downhill life. I I think everyone's about the downhill (laughs) to a certain extent, but some people more so than others. There's there's those that can appreciate the uphill, and then there's those that are 100% in it for all of the downhill.
0: Absolutely. And Um, for me, mountain biking, the whole reason I'm involved is that cardiovascular. I like going out, having a good time, but I like at the end of the day feeling tired because it's one of those... Feeling tired that you're not like, oh, I just worked out and that was kind of boring. It was, mm-hmm. I just had an awesome time doing some really cool stuff in probably some of the prettiest places I've ever been, for sure. By just so, having a blast,
1: right? Definitely. A um, couple of things to unpack there to pick you back off of what you said. Number one, also reasons to get the mountain biking is that there's huge adrenaline rushes, huge adrenaline rushes. If uh, you've ever gone snowboarding or skiing, it's much into the same regard as, as as that. And I would almost say more so than snowboarding and skiing. Obviously, there's some really huge things you can do snowboarding and skiing, but man, there's just this uh, nonstop sensation once you get going on on that downhill where it's, to me that adrenaline rush is even more heightened than when I go snowboarding. How do you feel about that Brad? I'm on the same train. Um, and I skied and
0: snowboarded for about four years, like almost like every other day. So I got to the point where I was doing double black diamonds and hucking cliffs and doing like stuff that humans shouldn't do when it comes to Mm -hmm. snowboarding and skiing. But the minute I got on a bike, and you get up to good speed, and then you have to take a berm, so a corner going right or left, and you have to really lean that bike, it's a whole different feeling of just trusting your equipment, trusting the trail, and hoping it, you don't end up on your back or on your head.
1: Yeah. Most definitely. I mean, you you were leaps and bounds better at snowboarding than I'll ever be. Um, so I feel like that, that uh, really goes a long way of how high this adrenaline rush and for the people that are seeking that, you know, it just gets crazy. And uh, the people that are wanting to get into like jumps and stuff that you can do. And like you said, hucking cliffs, you can do that on a mountain bike too. And we're going to get into it. There's all types of different styles of, of, of riding. And if you're one of those, those joeys out there, don't, don't you worry. You can, (laughs) you will find a home in, 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 in mountain biking. We um, have the quest for you. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) We (laughs) We have the drop for you. For sure. There's all kinds of drops and really crazy stuff. Really crazy stuff to get excited about and kind of look forward to in your progression. Brad, do you want to get into the styles of uh, trails? Absolutely. So there's a lot of different
0: types of things to do. Um, trail riding is something that you could think of as something that could happen around your neighborhood um, that kind of goes into the mountains and has some climbs, has some descents, but it's nothing that's so extreme that you're like scared for your life or any type of like super adrenaline junkie style stuff. Um, and cross country is very similar. In the sense that you're kind of going a little bit up, a little bit down. Um, but cross country's more of the 25 to 40 mile rides. And we're just trying, they're, those cross country folks, and I am not one, and I never will be, they like to go as fast as they can for as long as they can. And they'll do 40 mile rides with uphill, with descents, and they just ride forever. And then you move into the stuff that me and Sean are more into, Um, all mountain slash enduro. So that's kind of this, I guess, um, mix of going a little bit farther, still doing seven to 10 mile rides, but you're doing a lot more uphill and then a lot more downhill with adding in jumps and agility, adding in different features, such as going over rocks Um, doing skinnies, which that's like trying to keep your tires on one thing, like a log or a handmade type thing and trying to just have a little bit more fun with it. And then the demon child is what I like to call it is downhill. And that's where it's all about going to the ski resorts in the summer, taking those gondolas, um, all the way up to the top and just riding as fast as you can downhill, um, And those are scary. Those type of people have so much more strength than I do, way more courage. (laughs) Because when you start getting down those hills and you're hitting jumps where you have 20-foot gaps, 30-foot gaps, that's insane. Um, But that's more of the downhill side. Then you also have park, which park is kind of what I was talking about before with uh, more jumps and agility stuff. But it's more of like a rinse and repeat. Where you're going up and you're going down type of thing um, just to try to get those reps in and get as many turns as you can on it and then one that is kind of out of the zone of most mountain bikers is fat biking Um, and that's more of something that you do in the winter on snow um, or you do it on sand so these tires are usually five to six inches wide um, so you need a lot more traction and that's more of a cross country trail mix, but for snow and sand. And it's more of a, just riding to ride, riding to get out there, but doing it when we don't have the ability to do downhill stuff.
1: Yeah. A lot of good information there. Um, so I would say like with trail riding, this is what most people are going to be doing. This is, um, like for us, this is going to Kirk Gowdy in Wyoming. This is going to Lorry State Park. And this can turn into a cross-country or an enduro type of thing, depending on what type of th- what type of trail you're on. And that's where you kind of see the the ebb and flow between these different styles of mountain biking, between cross-country and enduro and downhill, because in a good trail system, you'll be able to experience all of these things, preferably to certain degrees of uh, your, your skill level and what you're comfortable with. Um, so... With that, it's kind of uh, it's part of it is working your way up uh, in your skill level to handle these more extreme things, just like you would in snowboarding and skiing. You start on a green, blue, uh, you know, black, double black, and then you have pro, pro line stuff. That's kind of what, what um, this is too for mountain biking. And so, when you're starting out, um, obviously, I would say have your goals of uh, what you enjoy and part of figuring out what you enjoy is just, uh, experience and just going out and enjoying the outdoors and enjoying the adventure. And you'll begin to learn, uh, what styles of riding that, that you'll like. And like, uh, we were saying, Brad and I both enjoy the more enduro stuff more because that's, uh, it's a little bit of everything. There's, there's probably the most variety and, um, I would say eventually when Brad and I, more specifically me, but when I have a better bike, I would like to get more into downhill riding. Um, but right now I have a mostly cross-country focused bike. It, it's a hardtail bike. We'll get into what a hardtail means here in a second. But um, yeah, it's definitely not suited for a downhill park. And I tried to do it once and I felt like uh, my bike was going to fall apart on me, <laughs> essentially. <laughs> and <laughs> was I was a, there
0: when oh, I watched it. Oh, and I could see his face Um, because and I have a full suspension bike, which like Sean said, we'll get into that. And I was even having a hard time and I was like, oh, Sean, oh, Sean, we need to get you something different.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I was I was on my way to get to go rent a bike because my bike was not cutting it. I, I didn't have the right tool for the right job that day, but we had to cancel that particular day in our trip. For other reasons but um yeah so let's get into what what is the right tool for the right job for these different types of for these types of trails
0: so yeah so we're gonna do a lot of referencing from what the information i just spewed out all over um so we'll go back and kind of reference that a lot on the different types of bikes and kind of how they ebb and flow with each other on the ability to use them for different things
1: So, I feel like first off, we should explain what's a rigid bike, what's a hardtail bike, and what's a full suspension bike. It's uh, pretty straightforward, as I'm sure some of you are already connecting the dots. So, rigid just means straight up, there's no suspension. There's no front suspension fork, there's no rear suspension fork. Um, So, that's just basically the bike that you would see around town, just riding around on the streets, Uh, that's most likely a rigid bike. The little cruiser bikes that you see and um, road bikes would also be considered rigid bikes because they don't have any suspension. Um, So the hardtail is the next step up. That means that it has a front suspension or it's also called a front fork. And so that's your front fork. That's probably your biggest and most important piece um, when it comes to suspension. It tends to take most of the blows when you're riding over uh the trail the different bumps and jumps and everything that you can do it's the one that's more than often than not taking uh the biggest blow unless you're landing flat in which case um that's where your rear suspension comes in so obviously your full suspension is when you have both a front fork and a rear suspension and uh you've probably seen this it's kind of, uh, in the rear triangle of the bike. And so it's kind of, uh, the rear triangle, rather than being welded directly onto the main frame. It kind of has for lack of a better word, it's kind of like a pseudo, like floating rear triangle so that, um, the rear triangle can move and pivot independently of the rest of the bike's frame in the front triangle.
0: For sure. So, On that, I'm going to just tie that in real quick with what full suspension would be good with. So we're going to go from squishy, because that's what we like to call it, the full squish bikes, all the way back up to rigid. So full squish bikes are good for downhill. Um, And the big reason why is because when you're going pretty quick, um, you want your bike to be able to absorb some of those hits. Um, when you're rolling over those rock gardens, when you're hitting those jumps, you want to be able to absorb those hits and the different terrain to be able to stay in control of the bike as you go downhill. And then an all-mountain enduro is where you start to get in that middle zone um, where you could use a hardtail or you could use a, f- a full suspension because um, they're both going to be able to do the job that also comes into comfort of being able to do different things and how comfortable you're going to be. Um, Like Sean said, when he was at that downhill park, um, it was pretty hard for him with just that front fork, just because you're absorbing all of those bumps and chatter with your arms, and not just the suspension of your bike. So when you're doing the different things, Now we're moving into where you just are going to want to use a hardtail, and that's cross country and trails where it's more about going fast for as long as you can. Um, not really about absorbing all of those chatter and rough things in your hands because most of the terrain you're going to be on is a little flatter. Um, not as technical. Um, so you don't need that rear suspension to soak up all that stuff. And then moving into, cycling which we've talked about a little bit which is more your trail stuff you're kind of leaving the mountain bike realm and going into cycling where that's when you have um, those rigid bikes that are all about speed and not losing any of your speed through your suspension
1: right uh with the cycling aspect um the thing that kind of is the bridges is the gap between Mountain biking and road biking is gravel bikes um, where they are rigid. However, um, they have tires more suited for gravel and uh, loose dirt rather than the road.
0: And those guys deserve respect too because they're crazy. Yeah, They'll get up to 20 or 30 miles an hour on loose gravel. For sure. And I'm like, not me.
1: Not over here. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And also... Talking about the different types of trails, like um, with your hardtail, you can have a or with cross country, I should say. Excuse me, with cross country, you can have a full suspension bike, but still be considered a cross country rider. We're at that point where we're talking about like 100 millimeters of travel between your front and rear suspension, rather than like 150 front, 120 in the back, where that's more more common in, in enduro range.
0: Absolutely. So, as you guys saw, we just or heard that we just gave you a bunch of information.
1: Yeah, and, this is kind of the <laughs> the fire hose of information here,
0: and it's hard because you're like, well, I don't even, I don't even know what I want to do, right? And that's kind of where we come in to try to give you at least a generalized idea um, on what you could do to what kind of bike you could get. That's just generalized that you can be like, okay. I'm going to go to Valmont bike park in Boulder and go huck some really cool jumps. But then the next day I'm still going to go out and ride, um, at, Oh man, I'm forgetting the one that's in Boulder, but up in golden or up Prince in Boulder. The yes, that was it. Thank you, Sean. You're fine. <laughs> um, to go out and ride those different trails and,
1: Still feel comfortable doing both, yeah, and that's that's kind of why Brad and I appreciate uh the all mountain enduro bike so much because it's kind of the jack of all trades bike. And I would say, if you're just getting into it and you have the means to, um, I think it's fair to say our recommendation is to go for a all mountain slash en- 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 enduro bike, if not like a smaller suspension. Enduro, So that's, again, a smaller size enduro, I would say, is like 130 millimeters up front and then maybe like 100, in the back. So then um, if you're not really interested in uh, potentially hitting bigger jumps as you gain more skill, then I would say a smaller sized full suspension slash enduro bike would be a good fit for you.
0: And a quick tidbit, just so if you guys are not tracking on the millimeters or meaning like how far the travel is so that 100 millimeters that he's talking about is how far your front suspension or rear suspension travels when you're hitting a bump so if right. you hit a rock how far your tire will come into the suspension and then move back out after
1: yep uh we're not to get in the weeds a little bit too much there um but all suspensions have kind of like a progressive travel. Um, so there's air suspensions and there's um, mechanical fork uh, or spring suspensions, I, I should say. And so as you go on bigger stuff, it gets, it resists more and more. And like with an air suspension, you can dial that in. There's little, there's a little knob on air suspensions where you can change how. Uh, your, your front fork and your, and your rear suspension react to different chatter to all the way to big, big drops, and you can change that resistance level. And so some of the higher-end bikes, you have a little bit more control over that, which can be extremely helpful. So I guess let's start talking about bikes. The yeah, sweet, sweet, <laughs> sweet, sweet
0: gear. Sweet, sweet gear. Because talk about new bike day every day but we never get NBD new bikes. baby MBD <laughs> so I love it I guess let's talk about different wheel sizes first yeah and definitely. everybody that's, wants that's to the talk, other thing everybody wants to talk about the frames and the companies and all that kind of stuff but really you gotta break it down into what size bike you want first
1: yeah most definitely the the proper frame size of the bike, and the wheel size that you feel more comfortable on is much more important than, um, the brand of the bike or the different types of frame features. Most, most of the big brands they have, their quote unquote, pro-ti- proprietary, you know, frame features where they all different, they do something a little bit different, but they're more or less all doing the same exact things as each other. So it's much more important that you get a proper, proper sizing of your bike and that will drastically influence um, your level of comfort and your progression and your experience and skills and just your overall enjoyment of getting outside and the sport. Absolutely. So let's talk wheel size real
0: quick. There's four main sizes, um, 26 inch, 27 and a half, 29er, which are 29 inch, and then a 24 inch. So starting with the smallest 24 inches, most of the time for kids, um, that's just so that they have the ability, um, to ride around and they're not doing the thing that we all did as kids when we got on our parents' bikes and we tried not to fall because you couldn't reach the pedals.
1: Yeah, exactly. This is more or less, uh, like, like Brad says, so, so kids can go out with mom and pop and they can go out there and, and enjoy the sport too. And, um, a lot of the big brands nowadays will offer these very specialty high-end bikes for kids now. Um, and more often than not, they, they ride 24 inches. And as they get in kind of, uh, we're, we're talking little, little kids here for, for the most part. And as they get into preteens, they can work their way up to 26 inch. Um, and, uh,
0: and 26 is usually the used to be pre 2005 or so was the magic size everybody yeah, yeah. ran 26 inch tires yeah on almost everything when it came For to sure, yeah. everything to do with bikes it was always a 26 inch bike um but as they moved into the late 2000s 2010 moving into that um the 27 and a half started to come out to be this kind of best of both worlds solution um, cause you have people who are in their six foot, six foot three range of height that want to ride 29ers because it's a 29 inch tire. It makes it a little bit easier to uh, roll over things. Um, a little bit easier to get some more speed, um, when you're going downhill. Um, cause you don't have to be as technical and as focused on your, uh, trail on exactly picking the right line. Um, you can be a little bit more, I guess, sloppy for lack of better
1: terms, um, to get down the uh, down the lane. Yeah, um, you can you can let the bike do the work for you rather than thank you, thank you. worrying about the proper tech techniques. Exactly as much.
0: But that twenty seven and a half, you have to start focusing on, paying attention to where you're going why you're going, and looking yeah. into the more technical aspects. And when you're on a 26, it's all about making sure that if there's a big rock, right. you miss the rock.
1: Right, exactly. The, pick the this smaller line. the wheel size, the more technical you have to be. And
0: what I always like to recommend, and I didn't do this, and I kind of wish I would have, is I wish I would have started with a 27 and a half. Um, even being six foot that I am, I wish I could have done that just so I had a little bit of a better chance of learning the technicalities um, and trying to get a little bit more of the techie stuff down. Um, Because I started with a 29er full suspension um, Trek Fuel X8, where I literally can romp over 99% of things. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Unless we move into like double blacks, there's not much that I can't romp over. For lack of better terms one of my favorite words
1: <laughs> for sure and and i'm on the complete opposite spectrum on my bike so i have um a custom hardtail so where i was at at the time financially was i couldn't i couldn't buy a box straight from a, a box <laughs> a bike straight <laughs> out, out, out of a box store or go to the local bike shop right Um, so I had to piece together my bike piece by piece by the fork, by the frame. And I wouldn't recommend that from a financial standpoint, it actually becomes more expensive in the long run. It's just something that I had to do at the time to get into the sport. Um, but that being said, as far as technique goes with me having a hardtail and the fork that I have on it, I have a rock shocks Reba and it's a little bit of an older Reba. So it only has a hundred millimeters of travel. So this is very, very much all cross country bike and i still do slope style stuff on it <laughs> not super big slope style <laughs> stuff on it and it's sketchy and i almost go over the handlebars way t- too often but it's fun um and so it's kind of a, kind of a little bit of a mentality thing there where if if you learn some of the technique stuff you can do some of the bigger stuff still despite um maybe not necessarily having the correct tool for the job um but As a first-time buyer or someone that's wanting to get back into it, definitely getting the right tool for the right job is uh, a pretty huge priority. And um, to also backtrack with that, one thing that Brad's bike does and something that you can look into is that Brad's bike has the option to run both 27.5 and 29 inch. And so some bikes are able to do that and offer you even more versatility However, that being said, that doesn't mean that the bike comes with two sets of wheels and two two sets of tires. You'd have to buy a separate set, the one that's not stock, but it's something that you could potentially look into to have even more versatility on your bike.
0: And then with that versatility, I'm going to throw in one more wrench for you guys to think about, and that's plus size tires. Oh, yeah. So you have a fat bike. We talked about them that are more about sand and snow. Um, but they also make a 27 and a, half and a 29er in plus, which basically means it's more of a three-inch wide tire. Um, an average tire is usually about two inches, and then plus tires move into the three to four inch, and then your fat bikes move into the five to seven inch range. Um, and those plus tires give you kind of a extra little suspension, um, a little bit of extra stability. Um a little bit of a better ability to roll over that stuff because it basically becomes a monster truck tire
1: yep that's exactly what i was gonna say <laughs> i had an opportunity to demo the trek full full stash oh, yeah. and that Great is bike. a full suspension bike with 29 inch plus size tires and so it's it's just a monster truck it's <laughs> it is the complete night and day difference of my my bike my bike is very nimble it, my bike, I have 29 inch tire, so it's not as nimble as it could be, but it's still very nimble and very much about some more of the, the, the techie stuff. Um, but the full stash is just a tank. It just, it just plows through everything and the acceleration and the nimbleness isn't quite there. And so that's also priority you have to look into is if you appreciate the nimbleness and the agility, or if you appreciate, um, not, taking so much chatter to your arms and and your legs and or if you just enjoyed the downhill more um, but the trade-off is you won't be able to get uphill quite as easily so there's there's trade-offs with the whole thing and that's why these all mountain bikes with the most versatility um, are a really great starting place and I would say the majority of people ride um, these types of bikes in general, just because mountain bikes get pricey so quickly. Um, most people can only afford one, one nice bike. So,
0: and it's just trying to find what you feel is the best for you. So don't get torn into the, um, I need a full suspension. I want to be a monster truck bike type of mentality. Um, cause when you move into those bikes that, have all the bells and whistles. It's just like cars. You start paying for bells and whistles, you'll start paying the premium. For sure. Most people financially can't drop four grand, three grand on a bike right away. Yep. So we got to kind of look into the thousand to 1500 range. If you're super serious about getting in, yeah, but there's also other factors to kind of think about as you get into mountain biking. Because something that I truly didn't think about when I bought my bike was what other expenses come along with riding bikes.
1: Yeah. Um, that being said, I want to kind of go into if if cost is a, is a factor, and the vast majority of people, cost is going to be a factor in your in your decision in purchasing a bike. Um, just like snowboarding and skiing, this sport is not cheap to get into. Unfortunately, um, this isn't something you go to Walmart and get the, the mongoose mount, mount, mountain bike quote, quote unquote, you can go onto YouTube, uh, go look up a video by Seth Bikecax, Um, it also had the single track sampler, Alex, and they took out, um, I think it was a mongoose or it was a Huffy from Walmart. And they I went think on they one, had local one of trails. each. Yeah, of that, each that sounds about right.
0: Super. And I'm going to say it one more time for you folks in the back. Do not buy a mountain bike from Walmart.
1: Yeah, no, that's do it's Do not, not do it. It's not even an option. It's it's honestly like a, a liability to your health at, at that point. It's It's like we're not even kidding here. Like you can get seriously, seriously injured riding a Walmart bike on a real mountain biking trail. And
0: if you're wanting to look cheap, there are cheap options. There are the six hundred to eight hundred dollar range of hardtails, but they are lower end hardtails. Um, but right. that option of going out to an actual bike shop and talking to them about the different bikes they have and buying that cheaper is a thousand times better than going and spending three hundred dollars on a bike at Walmart.
1: Yeah, most most definitely. And that's uh, to get delve into this a little bit. That's one of the, the plus sizes of, um, of hardtails is that they are much more cost-effective bikes. Uh, in my experience, like I said, it's kind of a custom bike and I piece together piece by piece. So where I started out as with my frame is I went to the local, um, bike co-op. It's a non as a 501 C, um, nonprofit and all they do is. Fix up old old bikes and resell them, and then help um, fix different people's bikes that that come in. And that's that's all I do. They just sell the old used parts, make make bikes out of those spare parts, and that's about it. And so I went into there, and I bought a Trek um, Gary Fisher. And for those of you that do know a little bit about Gary Fisher or mountain bikers, say Gary Fisher used to be a, like a legendary f- figure. In the in the scene, he used to be one of the premier uh, frame d- designers back in the day, leading the forefront in like early early '90s, I want to say. But yeah, I bought that frame for sixty bucks. Sixty bucks is all it took for me to get a really nice aluminum frame. And then from there, it was piecing it all together and uh, getting the drivetrain that I wanted, and um, getting the fork. And the great thing about bikes is that they're, they're, they're upgradable. They're, they are modular design. So if you want to take a similar route or just uh, buy a hardtail to begin with, you have the option later on to upgrade your bike. You have the option to upgrade your drivetrain to a one by 12. Let's say you start out like with a one by eight or like a two by 10 or something like that. You have the option to upgrade to a one by 12, a one by 13. Cause that's a thing now. And, um, you have the option to get a bigger fork front suspension and to get better tires, this, that, and all the other things. And so you can get in and get going and learn the skills and learn what you like and what you need. Um, and then move on from there, which is really, really positive.
0: Absolutely. So, I'm right now just glancing at some of the top bikes right now. And I just wanted to give a little bit of price comparison. Because um, even when we bought our bikes three years ago, um, built yours, bought mine, um, the pricing was a lot different than they are now.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, so there is a bike from Trek, Trek 820. And it is specifically focused on beginner mountain bike it doesn't have the greatest things in the world. You're probably going to want to upgrade once you get addicted, but as a $400 starter bike, that is the way to go. And yeah, I said $400, Sean,
1: I I, I'm, I'm drawing the red flag. I'm a little bit concerned. Um, I'd like to see what it has on it. Can you give us a quick rundown of what's what's on it?
0: I'll give you the flow. It's got a two by seven. Um, And then it has a 75 millimeter front suspension. So very small. You're definitely looking at more of that cross country style bike. But if you're still, if you're looking to just get out on your local trails and go for rides, 75 millimeter will do your job. And it doesn't have to be the best suspension in the world. Um, I believe it is a, um, is it Suncross? Sean, is that the
1: uh, Sun Tour? Is, is Sun Tour
0: that is the name of that brand? Yes, um, it is a Sun Sun Tour um, front suspension, which is the lower end of mountain bikes when it comes to yeah. that front fork. Um, but for four hundred dollars, I couldn't complain much. That'd be a great starter bike for anybody that just wants to get out on a twenty-seven and a half and at least, I guess, get your feet dirty with some um dirt.
1: Yeah, for sure if if budget is your top concern, this thing can get you out there and can service you on green trails, I would say, mild green trails and you'll kind of figure out what's like a green blue trail and what's more of like closer to a fire road and you'll you'll figure that out as you get experience, but this can get you out there. But I'm just going to say a disclaimer um, the, one of the biggest things, the thing about upgrading your bike is which type of part you're upgrading. Mm-hmm. Like if you want, if you're, if you're more concerned about upgrading your drivetrain. So that's how, like how many great gears you said, like Brad just said, this particular bike has two by seven. That means two in the front, seven in, in the back, then drivetrains are usually pretty cost effective for, for what you get out of it with your upgrade. Whereas if you're upgrading your front fork, oh man, that gets expensive very, very quickly. For sure. So like if you were wanting to upgrade this 820 to like a uh, RockShox Judy, I'm just throwing something out there, you might as well just buy a new bike that has the Judy on it at that point. Um, that is it's true. It's like that that kind of expense. And so.
0: So and then that's moving into the more $1,000 range, Sean. Because we can talk about, um, so I'm a big Trek guy. Brand loyalty. I wish they'd sponsor me, but you know, (laughs) I got to get out on the trails to be able to do that.
1: Trek, we are shouting out into the ether. Please, Trek, call me. (laughs) I want that one by 13 Eagle, baby. (laughs) I want that new drivetrain. We will review your bikes and be very happy about it.
0: (laughs) Exactly. Um, so Trek has a Roscoe. um, and that's a bike that a lot of people go to, um, and they have a lot of different steps. The Roscoe six is, um, just over a thousand dollars has a one by drivetrain, so So one by 10, which basically everybody wants nowadays. Yeah. It's basically what everybody's moved to is that one by system. Um, cause even when I bought my bike in 2017, a two by was it was it like there was nobody selling one by drive trains. Yeah, it um,
1: still wasn't like a everyone does this. This is the thing that you have to do kind of kind of deal. Nowadays, it's for, like you have yeah. to do a one by drive train. It's kind of completely moved away from two buys and three by drive trains have been gone for a very long time, probably for close to like 15 years now.
0: Yeah. And even with this, you're still looking at getting a sun tour, but you're looking at the high end sun tour. Um, yeah, so it has a lockout. It's 120 millimeters of travel. Um, it comes with a through axle. So I just said a bunch of things. Yep. I know you guys that are, don't know anything about mountain biking. You're like, what, what do you, why do you need a lockout? (laughs) Well, when you're climbing, (laughs) when you're going up the mountain, um, you have something called suspension loss when you power suspension loss so as you're pedaling you lose power because your suspension squishes as you're going up the mountain but yep. when you start to get these higher end forks and rear suspensions as well you can have a lockout which it doesn't completely stop the suspension from working but it holds it in place a little bit more so you don't lose as much of that power
1: yep and definitely, then a- so oh go ahead john Yeah. I was just, sorry. i was just going to add on just with your lockout is you're basically turning temporarily turning your, your hardtail or your full suspension bike into a, a, a rigid bike. So when you're pedaling, you're getting the most power uh, transfer into your bike and you're not getting that suspension loss. Best.
0: That's a great way to explain it. Um, And then through axle. So if any of you have had old bikes, um, just Walmart bikes, that type of thing, and you're going to take your tire off because you popped it or whatever, and you have to use um, a socket and that type of thing, um, that's basically been gone and deleted. A through axle is exactly kind of what it sounds like. It's a piece of steel or a piece of aluminum that just slides through and you spin it on and latch it. And that's all you have to do to put a tire on. So there's no yeah. more of having to get a socket and screw it in and taking it off and going through that hassle. Because most yep. of the time, both your front and your back will have that uh, through axle.
1: Yep. There, there is no tool needed with through axles. You get it on by by hand. Uh, so that, that'll declutter your your uh, adventure pack that you bring with you um, and your, your hydro pack because... We'll get into this eventually, too, but you're probably going to want to buy a Hydro pack.
0: Yep. To carry all that sweet, sweet gear.
1: Yeah. One thing I want to say is uh, for me getting into like this Roscoe territory, and there's different comparables between every single brand but this is kind of the level that i would more recommend getting in at i would recommend if budget is a concern instead of trying to get in right now gotta have it now saving saving up for two three months and getting that extra five hundred dollars or whatever it is that that you may need i think in the long run uh getting at this more thousand dollar range is for me personally what i would recommend you don't have to do it you can do what i did and buy piece by piece but um if you're able to, I think this will do you much more wonders and uh, you won't be kicking yourself uh, quite as hard if you get in at this range, at the sort of the $1,000 range. Um, but with that past the $1,000 range, if you even take up a little bit of a step more when you get up to like 1200 to $1,500, that's when you're getting into the good stuff. When you don't have to worry about the Suntour brand and having to upgrade the Suntour <laughs> and you have RockShox or you have Fox, and so you have a really stellar suspension and you're not worried about upgrading quite as much and having to spend another thousand dollars just on one bike part.
0: Um, exactly. Exactly. And there's always gems too. You, oh, for you sure. Keep on searching and looking. Cause you know, I like looking at bikes. So I was just kind of looking through and seeing what was on here. Um, Trek has a Marlin seven. Um, and I was oh, looking at friend. the Marlin series when I was looking into bikes, um, as a hard tail, um, $800 has a rock shocks, hundred millimeter up front. Um, it has the lower end Shimano for the derailleur and the shifters. Um, but that's a pretty good bike right there, Sean.
1: Yep. For sure. So when you look around I'm, I'm gonna pull out your 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 heart here brad because i know you i know you have a soft spot for for this bike okay but it. if you have if you are in a place where you can do it a really great do-it-all bike is the uh specialized stump jumper aka oh. the stumpy the stumpy's super super great do-it-all starter bike and there's if you don't like specialized, if you don't like this particular colorway that they have, whatever uh, model year, uh, there's there's definitely comparables at that that range. And good news is this bike does it all. It's really really awesome, and you could ride this until it's dead, and you would be satisfied. Um, oh man. The bad news is, for a quote unquote entry level bike it's going to be hard for people that are brand new. You're looking at $2,000 at that point. Um, they're, they're looking and that I, I can't right afford now? that, but <laughs> they're that <laughs> what, what's much. That they're they're yeah. looking at two grand now. They're looking at two grand now. Unfortunately, oh, um, man. the stumpy ST alloy 27, five or the 2029. 20, so the a- alloy means that just means it's aluminum rather than um, carbon. And carbon's another whole ball game. Um, <laughs> we
0: <laughs> don't think about that, folks. Yeah, don't don't
1: don't, don't worry about car- carbon yet. You're, we don't need to worry about carbon. No, we're, we're not even going to get into that. <laughs> but yeah, you're looking at $2,000, unfortunately. And um, that's on the website, though. Your local yep. bike shop can most likely cut you a deal. And the thing with these bikes... If you see a 10% off deal, 20% off deal, that's hundreds of dollars that you're saving. So, what would normally be, you know, a small deal in like the grocery store turns out to be saving you hundreds of dollars. So, don't, don't uh, discount those, those small 10, 15, 20% deals that you can find in the local bike shops. And always look for a year older. Oh, yeah. Really, really good tip.
0: um, The stump jumper, the, the reason I got a little huh about it was that. I looked into um, getting a stub jumper last year for my girlfriend, um, and because she wanted to get in, and I was like, "Okay, I'll look around." Blah blah blah. Right? Um, I went to my local bike shop. They had one left in the sweet teal color from the year before. Mm -hmm. That I think it retailed at eighteen hundred. The two thousand nineteen, and they were selling it for eleven hundred dollars. So if you guys are looking in to get into the full suspension game or that type of thing, or even to get into that 1200 to $1,500 range, go to your local bike shops and see what they have from last year's. And yep. you might get lucky and they might just be like here, 800 bucks. I just need it off my um, show floor. Cause I want to put this brand new specialized $9,000 bike that no one's going to buy. Give me that S works though. <laughs> Give me that S works on this show floor. So here's this bike. So always be looking around. Don't get your heart sold on one type of bike um, either. That's a really important thing to think about because you may find a bike and go, I want this. And I was that way about the Stump Jumper because when I was looking, that was the bike I wanted. And that's why Sean said that. And "Mm," Always bringing that Mm. bike up right in the heart. And (laughs) I'll always pick a Stump Jumper because I think they're beautiful bikes, well designed. I like the way they look. Um, I love their colors. Yep. You always got to look fly with the bike. Um, but when I was buying a bike, there was a super sale on a Fuel X8, almost a grand off of its retail price because it was a year older. Yep. And I jumped on that so quick I could say, whoops.
1: Oh, yeah, for sure. Because, um, yeah. To to add on to that, to where, where you can uh, save money is, some, so there's the big three of brands, right? so there's Trek, there's Specialized and then there's Giant. Those are the big 3 bike 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 brands. And then you have the big boutique brands. We're talking Yeti, we're talking uh GT, we're talking uh Santa Cruz. There's there's so many out there. Yeah. Um, but then there's also something that's uh there's this new kind of selling system that a couple of companies are doing it's called like the, uh, direct to consumer model more more or less. So rather than, um, partnering with local bike shops, they just, they don't have any overhead with stores and they don't franchise out stores or anything like that. They just sell bikes directly to consumers. And those bikes are, um, YT and Canyon are probably the most popular brands on that. And because they don't have that middleman, um, they can save costs and that savings can be passed on to you. Mm-hmm. in return. Um, and also with that, going with some of these smaller brands that aren't well as known, like, um, v- Vitus is kind of a smaller brand. Um, you can save some money using these not big name brands, because like with cell phones or, uh, computers, a lot of times you're paying for a premium just for the brand. And so that can kind of, when you go with a smaller brand, like Vitus or Cubed or Canonical, Canyon. I'm throwing Canyon, Canyon out there. Canyon is a smaller brand for sure, but they make a fantastic bike. That's the the Canyon Spectral is my oh nah, that's that's <laughs> that's my version of, of that. Like how Brad loves the Specialized Stumpjumper, the the Canyon Spectral is is just that that really special bike to me. Where every time I look at it, I'm just like, oh man, now that that's the bike. That's what you look for. <laughs> yeah, so
0: and something so, I wanted to throw in here cuz we just went on a nice tangent about bikes okay. um cuz we're always bike guys that's just at, once you get into it you look around town you see people with bikes and you're like oh I want more bikes um but I want to give you guys something else to think about too cuz when you're buying a bike you go oh I just bought this great $1200 bike I'm just so excited to go out well you need a helmet Yep. You have to. There's no if and or buts. That brain will die if you crash. Yep. Because I have fallen more times than I'd like to admit on my right. head. Same. <laughs> Same. <laughs> I just, for some reason, I'm not very good at falling on my back. I fall on my head first, and that's usually just where it goes. Um, that's
1: what happens when you send it big, man. Just got to send her, bruh. Just send it.
0: So you got to think about a helmet. And then comes all the accessories. A hydration pack, a camelback, some kind of backpack. Um eye protection. Um sunglasses. If you wear normal glasses you're okay just wearing those, but you might want to buy a strap. Um so first those glasses kid. don't don't come. first aid kit, gloves. 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 Gloves, 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 gloves. The first time you ride a big ride, Five plus miles without gloves, you go buy gloves.
1: Right. Yeah. You so, you, you learn that lesson quick.
0: <laughs> I did when I had these big, big blisters on my hands. And I was sad.
1: Yeah. Because it made sure. the ride not enjoyable. And also with the gloves, it provides a little bit of cushion between the bike handlebars and the bones in your hand. Um yes. When you're getting a lot of loose, gravelly chatter, kind of. Um, a bunch of rocks that are like palm size, just everywhere. You get a ton of chatter and, uh, that energy is transferred into your hands. And eventually when you're eventually white knuckling it, your hands are going to like get more or less locked around the handlebars. And you kind of get this like weird, like death claw grip kind of thing where it's kind of hard to move your fingers. If you've been like white knuckling it for too long and gloves with, um, Extra padding can number one save you when you're going down, but to add a little extra bit of cushion between your hands and your handlebars.
0: Absolutely. Well, I think we're gonna leave it there when it comes to accessories. Um, yeah. At a later episode, we're gonna go deep. And when I mean deep, so we're gonna talk about all the things.
1: We're gonna go deep.
0: That you don't even understand. Cause you thought there was a lot of information that comes with bikes. Now we got to talk about shoes and socks and, and pedals. pedals and pe- pedals, all pedals and grips and tubeless and tubeless and, and handlebar uh, size. foam form core is that what they call it nowadays?
1: Cush core, Cush uh, core. That's what it was. Huck. Huck, Huck Norris is another brand. I use Huck. Oh. Huck. Huck Norris.
0: Yep. I still haven't got on that train. I don't know if I will, but oh, we will get into that for you guys train. at a later day. Um, but hopefully this gave you guys a good perspective on at least a generalized idea of what is mountain biking.
1: Yep. Um, what is mountain biking and what it takes to get into it? What's what's the minimum entry requirements and how, how this fits into my life? Uh, what kind of exercise can I get out of it? What type of fun can I get out of it? Um, you know, there's just so much so much to it and it does so much for so many different people and you're going to meet so many different cool people along the way while while doing it there's just there's just so many good positives it's i don't know for me it was maybe, maybe this is a bit too far but it's been kind of a life changer there really hasn't been anything like this that in my life where it's just like wow this is truly something special to me whether i'm biking alone or biking with friends or whatever it may be this is this is something special to me and I want to share my experience with, with people. And I, I want to share that joy.
0: I feel you, Sean. That definitely, I'm definitely on the same train. Um, When I get out on that bike, the world goes away. I don't think about any of my stressors. I just don't think about anything except for sending it. When I'm going up the Hill, I got a lot of time to think, a lot of time to work on myself, but when i get yep. to that downhill everything just melts away
1: oh yeah and i, I just I, get
0: to sender
1: i i love that you bring up those those two parts uh what i call it when like you're kind of um on the uphill and you got some time to think about things i call that active meditation because
0: <laughs> i have to i like that i like that
1: no really because I have to concentrate on the trail and I have to still be cognizant of what I'm doing because at any time you can always biff it. But it also gives me time to occupy my my thoughts. And because I still have to concentrate on the trail, it's kind of like I'm able to process things rather than all of my worries happening all at once. I'm kind of able to process it one by one. And it uh, just provides a better mind space for myself. And it it really is a really good venting place place event just getting out to the outdoors and just being able to process my thoughts and then like brad said once you get onto that downhill it's like going to ben and jerry's and just getting the largest ice cream possible and just sending it and letting your worries melt away
0: absolutely well so yeah if you you guys have any other thoughts or ideas that you want us to talk about or anything that you're like well these two guys might know something go ahead and message us on twitter um yep And we definitely will help you out. We'll throw it in. We'll always reach back out to you and have a conversation. Um, Cause we are just two regular guys that like to do stuff outside. For sure. The,
1: um, and I- again, our uh, Twitter handle is at release the ADV again. Uh, that's at R E L E A S E T H E A D V. ADV release the ADV. And uh, we will soon enough, have a facebook and an instagram and um we have some other plans in store that we're going to try to hold off on for now get things more finalized but um yep yeah always feel free to ask any question for us or if you want to have a conversations with us um you can always always do that too um brad do you want to plug your twitter handle i don't know if oh i don't know what my
0: twitter handle is (laughs) (laughs) i'll be honest guys i'm not a tweet kind of guy that's Um, fine um Mine and is can
1: always, at oh, Sean Vogue. There you go. That's S H A W N V O G. And because because with Sean you have to spell it out, man. It's not seen, folks. <laughs> it's not seen. And then yeah, you, you guys S-H-A-W-N-V-O-G. can always
0: email us too 100. at release the adventure at gmail.com. Yep. You can always send Good old us an fashioned,
1: email. Yep. E email email works too. You know that snail um, mail that everyone doesn't use anymore. <laughs> for sure. So So uh from here I think uh next episode this is kind of a two-parter. I mean, we're always going to be more or less talking about mountain biking uh off and on, but we're going to kind of stretch this out into a two-parter, maybe even a three-parter. Who who, who knows? Three. I mean, we Maybe three. Maybe maybe three. You never know. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I think uh we're going to get a little bit deeper into kind of what else is on your bike, what else to look for on your bike, like the things we mis- mentioned before your grips, your handlebars, your pedals, you know, oh. what's what's a clipless pedal? What is this and that and the other thing? And then also, eventually, we're going to have to get into kind of technique stuff and etiquette on the trail. Um, and oh, I think yeah. this is all really good in- information. Um, so by the time you go out, you, you bought your. Your, your BA new new bike, and you're super stoked, you're ready to get out there, you are 110% per, prepared, or as close as you can be to that, to what to be ready for.
0: For sure. For sure. So don't forget to share, to tell all your friends about us, share this podcast. Um, Don't forget yeah. to review us, give us that sweet, sweet five star, because, you know, I always thought I had a nice crown on my head with that sweet five-star. I'd like that.
1: Yeah. So to go along with that, we – so we're a brand-new podcast, as you guys know. And we have a very, very lofty goal to get onto the iTunes new and noteworthy um, list. And so that's, mm-hmm. that's super prestigious if we can get onto that. That would be a night and day difference. Um, and basically from yesterday – and yesterday is – April first, April Fool's Day, but eight weeks from now, aka two months, we have the potential to get onto the new and noteworthy uh, section of iTunes. And to do that, uh, it's all about uh, who's listening, who's how many subscribers we're getting during this time, and how many reviews we're getting during this time. And this is this is so huge, and it would really mean the world to us. And uh, to go along with with that, um, just to try to uh, emphasize this, that this really means a lot to us. We're actually going to be doing a giveaway for the next few weeks. So once per oh, week, we're going to yeah. be giving away a $20 Amazon gift card and to be entered into the giveaway. All you need to do is subscribe to the podcast, whether that be iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, tune in, Uh, radio, what's the other one? Radio public. There's, there's so many different ones. Uh, Google play (laughs) podcasts. There's, there's so many. Um, and we're, we're pretty much all there now. The only one we're waiting on is Google podcasts. We're on Google play music, but we're not on Google podcasts because Google's slow and they have to crawl through the internet to find our website and they have to index the website. So we're waiting on that. But iTunes, Spotify, send us a picture on Twitter that you subscribe to us. Just give us a screenshot on Twitter and then you'll be entered into the giveaway. And uh, the reason why it's on Twitter is because, so then we know who to DM afterwards. It's important that we be able to get in contact with you. So yeah, just uh, follow us on some platform of, of your choosing and tweet at us at release the ADV and you'll be entered into um, win a $20 Amazon gift card and this isn't, like you know being on a sweepstakes for like the joe rogan podcast or something you have a really good chance at winning this you know this is release
0: the adventure folks
1: (laughs) this is release (laughs) the adventure. i don't know if you knew it yet but this is release (laughs) the adventure this is just uh, yeah and we're we're not making it yeah for sure um we're already super humbled by um the amount of listens that we're getting to now i mean it's really exciting it's not about the numbers to us we're just enjoying our time here I, I feel like, or I hope you guys can hear that in our inflections and our voice. Just talking with each other is a really fun time, and I hope that passes on to an enjoyable listening experience to you guys. Um,
0: Absolutely, I one hundred percent agree. It's
1: been it's been, it's been humbling Sorry. so far for for the so support, and we really appreciate you guys. So yeah, enter. You guys so, can win a twenty dollars yeah. gift card. So yeah, just uh, just follow us somewhere and send us a send us a tweet.
0: And if you keep it going and keep that going, you never know. We might start handing out bike parts.
1: Yeah, seriously. Give it time.
0: Because
1: I'm all about
0: giving away bike parts. And I even have a sweet, sweet tandem that (laughs) I've been looking for somebody to learn how to ride with me. So you never know. You might be that lucky person that gets to ride a tandem mountain
1: bike. That's a story for a different day. Uh, Brad and I (laughs) have been slowly but surely building a tandem mountain bike. And uh, yeah, that would be cool. (laughs) <laughs> so give me, give i want to home, thank you guys again
0: um for making it all the way to the end of this podcast and if we haven't said it enough we're release the adventure Woo-hoo! and this was brad and sean in the evening and thank you guys for tuning in have a great night see you guys till till next time bye